Are you ready to take full control of your physical, emotional, and spiritual health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. will teach you the tools and strategies to help you take control of your health and inspire you to live your best life. Now here is your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, M.D. Welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. This is the show that is designed to inform and inspire you to a healthier lifestyle. I am your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, M.D., and as always, it is my pleasure spending time with you on this broadcast with the goal that you may learn something that may take your health and your life to a higher level. I do want to remind you that the information presented is for educational purposes only and is not intended for diagnosis or treatment. Please seek the advice of your healthcare provider before making any changes to your health. You know, I I would like to welcome you back to the show this week. I want to let you know that I'm grateful that every week you join me looking for quality information to help you improve your health, and I promise you that we'll continue to deliver that. Now, as most of you know, we know what we actually need to do in order to gain great health. There's information everywhere that teaches us how to improve our physical, emotional, and spiritual health, yet people continue to practice unhealthy behaviors. Well, my guest today says he has an alternative to the usual way of promoting health. It will finally help you discover your own path to good health. His name is Rusty Gregory, and he is a personal fitness trainer, a wellness coach, and a contributing expert to Daily Rx. He received his master's in kinesiology from the University of Michigan, and he is a certified strength and conditioning specialist, as well as a cancer and exercise specialist. His book is called Self-Care Reform, How to Discover Your Own Path to Good Health. Rusty Gregory, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Diane, for having me. I appreciate this. All right, you know, I I mentioned a little bit about your background. I wonder if you could share a little bit more about your journey into this healthcare and fitness industry. What got you interested in this field? Well, I started off my college years uh, back in the 80s uh, when I was at Texas Tech University. I wanted to be a coach and and, uh, go to the teaching field until I started taking some education courses and realized that was not, not the way for me. But I wanted to stay in the exercise physiology uh, field of study. So I finished up my undergraduate degree, went on, uh, worked on my master's degree there at the University of Michigan. And that, once I graduated, I realized then the industry was more along the lines at the time of uh, running stress tests and cardiac rehabs. And it, it didn't really seem like I was helping people doing that. So I... And worked out perfectly for me that I could then start personal training because that industry had just started coming into its own. And so I moved back to Texas, where I was from, and started personal training at that time. You know, the name of your book is called Self-Care Reform, How to Discover Your Own Path to Good Health. I, I find it a very catchy title, and I wondered what motivated you to write this particular book. Sheer Frustration. <laughs> to your frustration, and what I was just about to say was that I, I uh, uh, once I started training people, of course I graduated from school, and like any other 
graduate. I thought I knew everything and was ready to tackle the world, and everybody else thought the same way that I did, that exercise, taking care of yourself, um, getting all the sleep you need, a good, healthy diet was the key to um, good health, and it, and it was. And, but nobody, not everybody else believed the way I did. And so I started training people ranging from their teens all the way up to their 60s, 70s, 80s, and I grew more and more frustrated because they didn't have the same enthusiasm about health and wellness as I did. So basically that goes on for about 20 years, and then five years ago I became a certified wellness coach through Well Coaches. And I did this in large part because I'm trying to figure out what motivates people. Uh, I couldn't figure it out. It didn't make sense to me for those first 20 years. And once I started putting into place my certification, I started using some of those tools and techniques and working with people, I realized one simple fact. People are going to do what they want to do in terms of their wellness, in terms of behavior. They're not going to do something that's uncomfortable that they feel that they're going to have to sacrifice for for any long periods of time. And so in discovering that, I realized there's got to be a different approach. And so that's why I wrote this book. Uh, I wrote this book, Self-Care Reform, to help take the tools that I've learned, not only with my experience uh, in dealing with people, my training experience, my education as well, but also uh, using uh, a lot of the wellness coach tools that I uh, that I learned during that uh, certification period and put them into practice. And I have what I believe to be uh, a surefire tool to help people start and sustain a wellness program. And that's great. I mean, I think you, you touched on something that frustrates a lot of healthcare care uh, providers out there. We can uh, tell patients what to do how to do it, but the truth is if they're not motivated, if it's not where they are, it will never get done. So what is the basic premise of, of this book? If I could summarize it in one word, I'd say, in one word, I would say awareness. It, it's, it's to draw awareness, and by awareness, I don't mean just health information. We are inundated with health information. You know, we're, we're told every day the benefits of exercise, of eating healthy, of getting enough sleep, of, of not smoking. Um, we've been told for decades that all these things are, are prudent, preventative health care, and, and they are, these measures, but it, but it hasn't worked. We're sicker, we're fatter, we're more stressed, and sleep-deprived than ever before, not to mention the soaring health care uh, costs that we're seeing. So information is not, a, is not enough. And I, I, I kind of approach this more from a sick care system rather than a health care system. We go to the doctor when we're sick instead of when we're healthy. Our focus as a country and as an, as on, as an individual is more from a sick care standpoint rather than a health care standpoint. And by health care, I mean preventative care. And those are the things that I'm trying to push on to people and help them understand that if they exercise on a regular basis, if they watch their diet, and, and eat healthy. And yes, there is, is debate as to what that healthiest diet is, but I think we could probably all agree if we eliminated a lot of foods, it would take care of a lot of that debate. It's not necessarily what we're eating, but not, but what we're not eating that would help us from a health standpoint. Um, as well as getting our, our necessary seven to nine hours of sleep every night, um, managing our stress, 
on a regular basis. Uh, it, those are the types of things. And managing our work-life balance um, so that we're, we're, we can play, we can have fun, we can enjoy life and not be stressed out like our high-energy, fast-paced, rat-raced life that so many of us live and claim, well, I don't have time to do the things that I know that I should for my health. I don't have time. I gotta, you know, I've got to get my kids to their next band concert or to the next football game, and I'm rushing from job to job and, and, and responsibility to responsibility. But rest assured, there's a way to make it all come, uh, come together and, and make it work for you. And that is, that's what self-care reform is all about, is designing a program that fits you. And you are the only one that knows you. You know yourself best. And it's not a prescribed workout program that I'm suggesting or a particular diet or anything of that nature. It is you designing it based on your own life circumstances and where you find yourself right now and what, what's most important to you. And uh, discovering that, that too is a key, huge key element in, um, in coming up with your own program that's going to work. And one of the things you said in your book is that on the quest of discovering a path to good health, you feel that people need to find what makes them feel alive. Why, why do you think that is important? That's answering the question, what's most important to you right now? And that's at the heart of any behavioral change. By answering that question, you can practice those activities that are going to stir your emotions, that will push you to act to energy uh, on energy giving behaviors and nothing has more influence on your on your behavior than your emotional state positive emotions the more positive emotions that you have the more positive behaviors you're apt or, or, or will be more willing to engage in than if you have negative emotions which typically generate negative behaviors a couple of a couple of things I like to uh, uh, to recommend to my clients is that that they write in a, you know a, a um, gratitude journal, and that promotes they write a, a daily gratitude journal three different things that they're most grateful for. That will generate those positive feelings that I'm referring to. So, also positive self-talk is another thing that people can use as a way of generating those positive beliefs, and positive thoughts, and as we know. Your beliefs dictate your self-talk, which is reflective of your self-confidence and performing a particular behavior. So your thoughts create your beliefs, your beliefs create your feelings, and your feelings lead to your actions. So the more positive that they are, the more positive the health outcomes will be. And I agree, and I love your idea of the gratitude journal. That's something that I practice, and I really find that it changes the way I look at things and I highly recommend that people try keeping a, a gratitude journal. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, and you two mentioned it, I think most people who are in the health or wellness industry will find this to be the case. There is a lot of health information out there, but people don't follow through. And you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I wonder if you could expand a little bit as a health professional out there, a fitness professional, what are reasons that people give you as a barrier to changing their behavior? Why don't they exercise? Why don't they eat right? What are some of the things they share with you? It, it's easier not to. 
<laughs> I mean, it, it, it's easier, it's more comfortable, and it's more convenient not to. And what what that means is, you know, well, gosh, i got to get in my car, i got to drive across town or even drive 10 or 15 minutes, i got to go work out, sweat, I don't, you know, i got to take a shower, get back, or or it's much easier, it's much quicker for me to go, grab, you know, drive through the drive-thru and grab some, some you know, burger fries and shake and, and go on to the next thing that I have. Um, misinformation can be a part of it as well. And so that I'm not discounting information by any stretch. We need the information. We need the research that comes out on a regular basis. And uh, I don't think that that's going to stop. I mean, we live in the information age. And uh, with the Internet and uh, computers and all this different stuff, we're, we're getting information almost maybe too much. Uh, so a lack of information is not a problem. The problem is sometimes we get conflicting information, and especially in the field of nutrition. And uh, um, But like I said a little bit earlier, most of us agree that there are certain things that we can eliminate and benefit rather than choosing one particular diet in particular. And so if we'll eliminate those things, and I'll give you an example like sugar. If we get rid of sugar in our diet, we're going to be healthier. And there's no diet out there that promotes eating as much sugar as you can. We look at, like I said, we've given all this information and and no diet's promoting sugar, but we still eat 156 pounds of sugar per person a year. That's unbelievable to me uh, in light of what we do know about the harmful effects of sugar. And so by eliminating that, or, or here's another thing, we drink a gallon of soda a week. And by eliminating that, we'll eliminate so many health problems. And the way we feel, we'll feel so much better. So going back to that question of what makes you feel most alive, physically, that answers that question right there, eliminating some of those things that, that really wear and tear our bodies and, and they break us down. Another thing that people do is that they, they take on a more of a, a new behavior as a, a have to rather than a, uh, or, or a, a sacrificial type of um, uh, approach to it. So, so now you're telling me you have to eat differently. I'm going to be more apprehensive of taking on this new diet because now you're, you're asking me to sacrifice certain things in my diet. Uh, you're asking, I, I can't get away from uh, eating bread. I can't, for example. Um, I can't stop eating this or I can't stop eating that. How about just a little bit of it? How about it? Well, so many foods, for example, have uh, addictive qualities. And when they are, uh, when you don't fully get rid of them, you kind of, they still kind of have a hold on you. It's kind of like cigarettes. Uh, if you don't totally give up your, your cigarette smoking, um, you're always, they're always going to have a hook on you. So by, by eliminating all these things, it, it kind of takes on a sacrificial type of, uh, type of feel to it that people are very reluctant to make. You know, uh, changing uh, your routines and habits can, can also appear to be very overwhelming to people because one of the biggest obstacles we all have, this affects us all, and that's a negative, healthy behavior doesn't have immediate consequences. And what I mean by that is that you can eat a donut and it not kill you. You can smoke a cigarette and not be uh, diagnosed with lung cancer immediately. So one turns into two, which turns into four, which turns into eight, and then it, 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 this happens over six months, over 12 months, over 
five years and ten years, and all of a sudden we're 20 or 30 or 40 years later, and the doctor's saying, okay, I'm sorry to break this to you, but I, I just we discovered cancer, or or uh, you need to lose 50 pounds because your your triglyceride numbers, your cholesterol numbers, they're they're all out of whack, and or I'm sorry. Uh, you now have type 2 diabetes. And, and so this is something that's so gradual over time that if it were as simple as taking a hammer and hitting your head, we know we'd stop immediately because it hurts. But the health consequences or the lack thereof uh, in the immediacy of performing the behavior is what sometimes kicks us off into that wrong direction. And I, I'm that's one of the biggest obstacles that we all face. All right. So we are going to take a short break for our sponsors. And when we return, we'll actually talk about the opposite uh, because we know the obstacles, but then there are people who are able to move from that place of I don't want to change this behavior to where they actually change it. So we'll talk a little bit about the mindset shift that occurs that allows them to do that because you, the listeners, can actually learn from that. And we'll also talk specifically about what self-care program looks like, what it looks like, and, and how do you as a listener implement this. So we will be right back after these messages. Are you ready to take control of your physical, emotional, and spiritual health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Join us for Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Atlanta's incredible radio, AM 1570 WIGO, or listen live stream at WIGOAM.com. Welcome back. If you are just joining us, Welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD. My guest today is fitness professional Rusty Gregory. Rusty is also the author of the book Self-Care Reform: How to Discover Your Own Path to Good Health. And so Rusty, uh, you just finished sharing some of the obstacles or barriers to people making healthy changes. What are some of the things? What's the what's the shift that occurs? when a person then moves from that place of really not wanting to do it, it's not very convenient, to where they actually want to do it? What generally occurs from your experience that gets someone to that place? Ideally, number one, if, if it could all happen this way, I think we'd be in a much better place, and that's discovering your why, discovering what's most important to you right now and how that relates to your health and your wellness, and why? Once you answer that question, and once you apply that, you can then, that becomes your number one most powerful motivator. And when I, you can't answer that question. It, it's a very simple question on the surface, but to answer it truthfully means that you have to do some serious soul searching. And that means find an answer that evokes the deepest emotion within you. And when you can do that, and it really triggers something inside of you, you're ready to go. You take that, you apply that to well-written, smart goals. You have somebody that holds you accountable, and you're ready to go. Now, I wish I could say that happens to everybody. And unfortunately, going back to what I talked about earlier about the awareness, uh, these are the kinds of things that I, I, I want to bring, uh, make aware to people. Um, not not the obvious, the things that we hear every day, but 
these types of things that if you will do this and really come up and find a serious, that one reason with, that's going to make you change and make you uh, uh, lead the healthy lifestyle that you know you should, this is it. It's amazing how it can change um, um, your way of thinking. And, and, and I'll give you an example. Unfortunately, a lot of times this happens in, well, with what I call our sick sick care mentality, um, that sometimes that it's a diagnosis of a disease or a heart attack that initiates change. There's not a guarantee. But a lot of times that does initiate change because somebody, it scares somebody to death. That emotional response that they have to that diagnosis or that heart attack is, uh-oh, uh, I, I've got to get my life in shape here. So it's that emotional response to what happened to them that's shaken them to the core and to their, so that they are now ready to make this change. Um, I've, seen, I've seen people uh, use other people who are similar to them in age and sex and background that have made a change for the better, and they've seen their progress, and they're like, wow, okay, so he or she did it. I think I can do that too. So it, it helps boost confidence when you see another person that's very similar to you make a change you know you need to make. And you begin to hear more and more information. Some people... Uh, they see, they see, or they hear new research about a, a particular health behavior, and uh, it, it really strikes a chord with them. And they too will change their behavior because they keep getting inundated with it. Uh, maybe the information they had heard up until that point was contradictory to this new stuff, but then now they say, "You know what? I think I can do that. That doesn't seem beyond the realm of possibility for me. I can do that." So confidence plays a really big big uh, uh, part in all of this. And I love that you cover the SMART goal in your book. You, you talk about and you gave example of how it's done and the part about having accountability. I even now continue to have an accountability partner because I find that I stick to things more when someone holds me accountable. I mean, I'd love to say, right. you know, I'm so evolved that I do it regardless. <laughs> but, you know, the goal is to get it done. And, and if that's a great way to do it, then that's the way you do it. Now, as you said in your book, you say that the most overlooked issue in health fitness, and wellness industry is starting and sustaining a self-care program. So what, what does a self-care program look like? For a listener that's out there, what exactly is this self-care program and how does a person start one? When I refer to a self-care program, I'm referring to an each, the each individual's level of focus, attention, and energy to their own personal health. And it addresses the five areas of wellness, exercise, nutrition, weight management, stress management, and work-life balance. And my focus when I'm working with people centers around diet and exercise because that's where my background is. But when people have these, these two things in order, everything else tends to fall in place, you know. So, I mean, and for example, if you're really exercising and you're, you're holding true to that and, and you're feeling really good about your program and you're doing it uh, uh, and have on a, on a regular basis, you're probably doing a pretty good job of maintaining your stress as well because it acts as such a great uh, coping mechanism with your stress and helping keep the physiological effects of your stress at bay. Uh, so once you do those two things, they, all the other things tend to fall in place. Uh, but that's not to say that you don't need to, 
to at least consider those areas. Uh, when you're starting a self-care program, number one thing you should do is identify, like I just said a minute ago, identify the why behind your desire to make the change. This needs to be something that is really, really, really important to you, and it evokes that emotional response. Number two, prioritize all the areas of, of the wellness that I just talked about, exercise, nutrition, weight management, stress management, work-life balance. And this will keep you from becoming overwhelmed with trying to do it all at once. So if you'll prioritize, and once you get the first one that's most important to you under check, then you can kind of branch off into two, three, four, and five. Number three, design a health vision. Okay, and a health, a health vision is basically a, a description of a desirable future that inspires and motivates you, kind of a, a picture, if you will, of your best self. What does that look like? And then come up with three-month SMART goals. And three-month SMART goals are much more general uh, than a weekly goal, which I'll talk about in just a minute. But the three-month goal kind of um, um, it's basically what you want to be doing consistently three months from now. And then, of course, your weekly goals, which are the smaller steps you'll be taking on a daily and weekly basis to help get you to those three-month goals. So, for example, um, a health vision might be something, uh, you know, I in my older years, I mean, this could be anywhere from six months to 10 or 20, 30, 40 years from now. But in my older years, I want to be able to, to uh, uh, get on the floor and roll around with my grandchildren and play with them and have the energy to do that and, and go hiking with them and, and just be real active and play with them and have a, play a big part in their life. And I can't do that, I don't believe, if, uh, if I don't have the health and the energy that it's going to require. So a three-month goal might be something with a, when looking at a vision there that looks like that. A three-month goal, three months from now, I will be walking five days a week, Monday through Friday, three miles every day from 12 to 12.30. It's that specific. A weekly goal might be I will walk one mile on Monday at noon, one mile Wednesday at noon, and one mile Friday at noon. So that that right there fits the description of a SMART goal. It's specific, measurable, action-based, meaning you can actually see yourself performing that goal. It's realistic because I know I can do that. I really believe that I can, I can fulfill that goal. I can complete that goal. And it's uh, timely, the T. So it's set for this week. That's the time frame. And that's the anatomy of a SMART goal. Excellent. And we're coming to the end of our program, but my final question for you, and actually what you just shared could probably be the answer to this because it, it was really so thorough, but for someone who's listening in, who's thinking, okay, I want to get myself on this road to good health, is there one particular action that you would share that they could implement right away to get them started? And let's specifically say an exercise or diet program because people struggle with that and that's your area. So what one thing you would share, what action to help them get started right away to, to start and sustain an exercise or diet program? First of all, find out what's most important to you. And once you've identified that, in this case it would be diet and exercise, 
if you don't have the information to start your workout program, I, of course, I'm a little biased here, or not a great deal biased. Go find a personal trainer. Have a personal trainer set up a program for you. A, make sure that that trainer is, is, has got the, the credentials that you're looking for, uh, maybe years of experience. They're well-trained. Uh, they have an academic background. They're certified with various organizations and associations. And uh, have them design you a program that will meet your goals uh, make sure that you, you 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 are able to discuss with them what your physical limitations are, what your needs are, what your goals are, and then on top of that, ask them for nutritional information and what their background is on nutritional uh, advising nutritional information. The book is called Self-Care Reform, and the author is Rusty Gregory. Rusty, where can people get a copy of this book, and how can they contact you? They can go to Amazon.com and type in my name in the search or the name of the book, or you can go to my website at www.rustygregory.com, and you can reach me at that website as well. Thank you so much for being on the show. And again, to our listeners, the website is rustygregory.com, and the book is Self-Care Reform, How to Discover Your Own Path to Good Health. And, of course, I want to thank you, the listeners, for joining me once again. I want to remind you that you may join me live on Atlanta Broadcasting Network, 1570 AM WIGO, on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please check out my website at drdianthompson.com for details. And while you're there, sign up for updates as well as my upcoming ebook on stress. Remember, your health is your wealth. So please do something healthy for yourselves this week. Until next time, everyone. You have been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. on 1570 AM WIGO. Please tune in every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the best in inspirational health information. If you have missed any part of this broadcast, would like to find out more about Dr. Diane A. Thompson, or would like to receive her ebook on stress, please go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Thompson. Remember, your health is your wealth, so do something healthy for yourself. Have a great evening.